welcome to Expert Audio episode 130. Is that right? Yep. We're getting up there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, we watched a movie. I still need to make that feed for newbie. Anyway. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. An alleged movie. <laughs> should we we should introduce ourselves in case we have any new listeners or anything. I'm Autumn. That's not <laughs> true. I'm Nora. You're Nora. I'm Autumn. That's right. That's my name. <laughs> we watched a science fiction movie directed by George Lucas. When did this come out? Seventy one. Oh, I thought science fiction movie by George Lucas. I thought that came out in 1977. Unless, did we watch a different movie, perhaps? Well, this movie also came out in 77? Go to the Wikipedia page. Uh, What are you looking for? Oh. 71 at first, but also... Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. I'm scrolling. You'll find it. Versions. Versions, there you go. 1967, 1971, 1977. In 2004. In 2004. That's right, it's THX 1138. Yeah. Starring Robert Duvall. I've now seen two versions of this movie. You can only see three versions of this movie... Because one of them was just the theatrical version. It doesn't exist anymore, as far as I know. The 1971 theatrical version, because there is also a 77 theatrical version. Oh, was that released in theaters? I didn't realize. Yeah, in 1977, after the success of Star Wars, THX 1138 was re-released with the footage that, uh, that had been deleted by Warner Brothers, edited back in, but it still did not gain popularity. This version, 86 minutes, was subsequently released on VHS and Laserdisc. So you can't watch the Warner Brothers cut. Because that was only the first theatrical version. But we we watched the 2004 version, which is pretty similar, except it adds in a lot of really, really, like, unacceptably bad CG stuff. Like, I, I don't think this would look good in 2004. No. No, I remember movies came... This is... Okay. There this, was, like, one shot that was good. This movie came out after The Return of the King. And not that the Return of the King has like the best CG ever, but just like came out after the Matrix. Came out after the Matrix. Came out after the first two Spider-Man films. I'm trying to think of something that has a car that isn't Speed Racer that had CG in it, and I, I'm not thinking of anything. But you know, it's really bad CG. It's it's pretty pretty obtrusive i would describe it as obtrusive i want to see the vhs version because i really want to see or even the laser disc i'll take the laser disc like whatever the fucking website has i'll download it anyway um what is in five sentences tell me what happens i could probably tell you thx 1138 i could probably tell you in fewer than five sentences okay uh THX 1138, played by Robert Duvall, works at a dangerous job um, doing radiation stuff, question mark. Uh, that's not the end of the sentence. You said question mark, that ends the sentence. That's not the end of the sentence. Also, I, it was pretty, I felt it was pretty obvious what his job was. 
What is his job? They're making the the cop robots. Oh, okay. that's why there's a big metal human in there. I didn't know what the big metal human was for. I kept looking at that three PO. Like, what the hell is that? It's the <laughs> it's the cop robots. Every time the androids. Every time he's doing his job, I was like, what are those three POs? Anyway, so THX one one three eight, played by Robert Duvall, is a guy who works a very dangerous job making cop robots, and he lives with a woman named La numbers l-u-h numbers mm-hmm. um, i would look it up but our fucking internet's out yeah um la um starts acting quote-unquote erratically um and changing his diet of sedatives um because the government has everybody on sedatives so that they can do their jobs and be good citizens and produce and consume and etc. More produce than consume, ideally. Yes. Well, no, 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 because sometimes when they go to the prayers, like, Jesus says to them, um... You mean Om? Om says to them, thank you, Om says to them, like, <laughs> consume, buy more, you know. Um, but so, also, you want a standard budget. You want to, like, yes. produce more than you consume, and keep the Well, somebody has to buy the goods that you're producing. Anyway, this is a different thing. George, how much does a yard of linen cost? I just need to know. (laughs) Not what this movie's about. (laughs) This is not what this movie's about. Okay, so... um, They have some extremely illegal sex, which is to say any sex at all. And it starts... It makes him act... I'm going to set my phone where I'm not going to fiddle with it. Uh, makes Robert Duvall start acting even more erratically. Um, must be, pussy must be good. And this guy whose job, this guy Sen fifty four twenty one, whose job it is is to monitor like them, and I assume other people. But he takes an interest in them, and he like gets La out of this apartment and is like. Hey, what if you and I were best friends, THX-1138? And that's against the law, and the sex that Robert Duvall was having against the law, and everybody was breaking the law, and so everybody goes to jail. Jail is seemingly purgatory, um, mm-hmm. and they just they just walk out at some point. They, 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 they spend months there because La has a baby off screen. And, um... And it gets her name? Yeah, and she dies. This is unclear to me. It said destruction, so she was executed. Yes. So... After after she gives birth. After she gives birth. So, THX and Sen are in prison, and they just start walking out they just try to walk out and they walk through endless endless void and then a black guy shows up and is like hey the exit's over there (laughs) it's very strange there's some racial politics to this movie that are really hard to parse we'll get there in a moment um and then they leave prison some cops try to chase them down i don't know if this is five sentences i've kind of just been rambling um and the cops are uh 
unsuccessful in chasing them down. Um, Donald Pleasance's character, Sen, um, like, goes to TV church at some point and then clobbers a priest and that's the last we see of him. And No, because then he goes and has the scene with the kids. Right. He meets some kids and reminisces about, like... His childhood. Well, you know, back when I... It was a little different when I was your age. And then the two cops come in and pick him up and he goes peacefully back to society. Right. Because he says in that, in that prayer scene that he wants to change, he wants to go back, he wants to... Right. Okay, be thank good. you. Um, this is the part of the movie where I was almost falling asleep. So the last half of it? This movie's 88 minutes long. It is the longest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's 88 minutes! Nothing happens. Um, yeah, and then so Robert Duvall and um, his other character, who never gets a name, so I can really only identify him as the only black character in the film. Um, uh, like, they try to escape. The, uh, I don't, he's not the only black person in the film. Well, he's not the only black person in the film. He's the only black character That's in the film. Fair. Yeah. Um, he gets into a car crash immediately. Immediately drives like twelve feet and then dead. Um, or captured. Ambiguous. THX um, outruns the cops for long enough that they go. The cops go over budget trying to chase him down and are just like fine. Well, fuck off. And he escapes, and he gets out of this city, and he sees the sunset, and then the credits roll. Yeah. While, this... while like, Catholic chanting is happening? So, here's the thing about summarizing this film. Which is that the, the plot is not the thing. I, do we sound echoey to you? I feel like we sound echoey. Anyway. I'm not listening to the... Yeah, podcast. Um, so, sorry, just adjusting in my chair. The thing about this film is not the plot of guy feels dissatisfied with society, escapes from society. It's kind of 1984-ish. Um, it's largely more about, like, the way in which this... I haven't read, I haven't read 1984 by the way, so I have no idea if it's actually like 1984 at all. I, I know nothing about 1984. Uh, yes and no, I guess. But like... Not... So So the, the, the thing about this movie is that it is... The, the way it is told, which is like a very abstract way... The, I think the best part of this movie is like the first five minutes where you don't get Robert Duvall's character speaking at all. You just get like Guys talking distorted through radios, like, blah, blah, blah. Remember, for the masses, for the party. And there's a part where they just torture him with this future device, but it, the torture comes from two guys, like, talking shop, and one of them's like, oh, you don't have any experience with the with the Mark Eight, only the Mark Seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just need to apply 7.1 to... Keep it uh, under, keep it... No. Keep it under this number, and then they're just, like, talking shop about these devices, and it's, like, torturing him, and they don't even notice or react, and they're just, like... And, like... Talking? Like, the cop robots have, like, just really, like, like eight-foot-long, like, poles that they just, like, poke him with. They don't even hit it with it. And he goes, like, ugh, and, like, flails his limbs. Like, no. so that's... 
seemingly sending him, seemingly sending him, like, shocking him somehow, but it's not. Foreshadowing Star Wars, all of the robots are just people. Yeah. They just act like people. They just, they have lots, they have plenty of, like, emotive speech and, like, like, present themselves as empathetic and helpful and are not, like, robotic in any way beyond their movement. Yeah. Um, so, and, like, yeah, the the movie is very abstract. Um, it's very, like, um, I'm gonna put this image where none of the characters are speaking over, like, audio of, like, you know, propaganda messages that are being broadcast. Um, and, um... This is what the student film is. You're supposed to kind of, like, free associate these into meaning. You're supposed to sort of free associate, like, um, like, during the prison sequence, which is, like, the absolute nadir of the film, um, like, the prison sequence, there's just eight dudes yelling at each other constantly about how the best way to get out is. And, um, like, you just keep cutting in and out of conversation, and you're supposed to get the impression that conversation is happening, and the conversation is not going anywhere, but you don't actually get to see where the conversation is, you know? It kind of feels like you are surveilling the movie as in, like, shifts, where, like, you're not seeing the whole thing, you're just peeking in for a a piece of it yeah like that's actually a really good way of putting it. yeah it's like you're you're clocking in to watch the half of this scene and they kept going which i think is what they're going for too i i, I think that's like supported by the movie because i think like so much of this movie is seen from like this detached perspective of cameras pointed at crts of the movie happening mm-hmm. you know where you're not seeing robert duvall react in pain to this thing that's happening what you're seeing is two crts with like a couple numbers on them and then two guys who you don't see talking about well you need to apply one to the 552 and then you need to do three to the 771 and like when they say that he moves all around you know he does weird funny motions it's like a yeah, it's very detached, it's very disembodied, it's very, like, um, you hear so many voices that you never put faces to, because, like, all of these people are, you know, cogs in a machine, and totally replaceable, and etc. Um, the student film version is way more running. <coughs> it's just him running through the mm-hmm. uh, unfinished BART tunnels and mm-hmm. station, or whatever it is, and, um... Way more intense, like, radio noise over everything, talking. The only plot comes from the radio voices in that, because, like, you never see the person running talk. Uh-huh. THX doesn't speak in that one. From what I remember, it's been, like, a couple months since I saw the student film version. That sounds better. There's also a version on this DVD of the movie. One, it has a commentary track with George Lucas. I'm gonna watch that. Two, there's a version with no dialogue, and it's called the it's like a sound effects only, which I assume also means no music. Mm-hmm. Which that sounds weird because like you get music only. There's a music only Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. There's 
Is there a music only Fury Road or is there a black and white Fury Road? There's a black and white black Fury, Fury Road. Road. Those make sense. Sound effects only? That's weird. Yeah. You know what? I bet if you make uh, mid-2000s rap music, I bet you're really thankful for <laughs> a sound effects only version of this film so that you can cut out just like... Guys making weird radio sounds that you're going to put in your skit on your rap album because it's 2006 and people still do those. But, like, this is what George Lucas likes. Yeah. Like, I watched a bunch of his student films and they're all abstract like this. Yeah. More so than this movie is. So. And it's, he has said, I think, since selling Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. That he wants that, to go back to doing No, this. he has gone back to it, but no, you'll never see it. Right, Because right. it's like, he does it for himself now. Yeah. And unfortunately, what that actually means is, like, when he dies, somebody's going to put that out. Yeah. That, that and, we don't live in a world where a famous yeah. person does something just for themselves. But, like, this is so... This is the most potent, like, leukocyte. So, <laughs> the thing that's really... Because there are... <clears throat> excuse me. Like, there are movies like this that ask you to, like, accept them in this sort of, like, free-floating abstract space mm -hmm. and, like, playing around with, like, editing and all this sorts of stuff. Like, movies do this. Um, I I'll admit it's not always, like, my favorite type of movie to watch, um, but I think this movie had a really hard time pulling me into that because for the first five to ten minutes, I was really engrossed in it. And then as the characters start to speak more and there starts to be more overt talking about politics sort of stuff, that takes me out of the mode of trying to watch it as just this sort of like abstract thing and into... A person who thinks a lot about characters and politics in films and wants these things to be explained and, and discussed instead of evoked and gestured at, you know? Yeah, like, in typical, uh, you know, the, the, the thread that I kept pulling on was... Um, you thought at first that this was a communism I thought thing. this was a communism movie, specifically in... He goes to speak at um, the the telephone the booth. Ohm. The Ohm. Ohm which just... is a portrait of Jesus, <laughs> a backlit poster of Jesus uh, that just repeatedly says encouraging words to keep you talking in this little phone booth. So as it's a confessional, mm -hmm. uh, it's completely automated and also like surveilled. Um, it one hundred percent. You know what it reminded me of. Is the suicide booth from the first episode of Futurama? <laughs> That's why he walked in there and I was like, what? Oh, it's... oh, this is not what that is. Okay. Um, so it was that, and he he says this little prayer, like, all for one, one, or, or like, one for all, like, the masses, the, you know, like, he says this little prayer, and every time he goes to see Ohm, Ohm sends him away with this message of, like, you know, we are all for the masses, we're all for the party, you know. Uh, let's see. So, Ohm says, 
is you are a true believer blessings of the state blessings of the masses thou art a subject of the divine created in the image of man by the masses for the masses let us be thankful we have an occupation to fill work hard increase production prevent accidents and be happy let us be thankful we have commerce buy more buy more now buy more and be happy so so important here um is the that last part here stop scrolling for a sec um that last part, that let us be thankful we have commerce. The first time Ohm sends him away, he doesn't say that. And so I hear this, like, bless, blessings by the for the party thing. And I'm like, and... I'm trying to find the thing that... I, I hear the, the cops keep saying, are you now or have you ever been? And I'm like, is this a movie about communism? Is this a movie about how, you know, oh, in the Soviet Union, they're they're just transforming these people into machines and and sedating them and making them worship, you know, Stalin and blah blah blah. Like, I that's what I thought the movie was going for. I don't think that's what the movie is, but it was a really weird thread that I kept trying to pull at and the movie was not rewarding and not in a it would be rewarding I think if I thought the movie was about communism and I realized oh it's actually about this other idea uh, what I think is that happened was I started thinking this movie's about communism I was the more I unraveled it I was like this movie is just about how society is bad <laughs> you know and all society regardless of like the sort of governing ideologies and economics and and religions, like society as a concept, bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking for in the script here? <laughs> uh, um, oh, it doesn't list the prayer in the script that I found. Oh, okay. I'm trying to find the fucking thing that he says. Do you want me to... I, do you want me to read the letter that you read when we took a pause? Yeah. Let me go get this DVD cover real quick. And I'm going to read a portion of George Lucas's thoughts about the film. Alright. <clears throat> um, it's hard to believe that uh, I can skip ahead. <laughs> it is hard to believe that you can skip ahead. As you watch THX 1138, keep in mind that cinema was undergoing a dramatic shift when we were making the movie. The old studio system was being eclipsed by a new era of corporate-owned film companies. If you wanted to be truly creative and experimental, you had to work outside the system, which is exactly what Francis was doing, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, was doing when he founded American Zoetrope in San Francisco. He and many of the filmmakers he brought into Zoetrope wanted to find artistic ways to reflect their concerns about changes in our society, about a shift away from creativity and individual achievement, and toward a corporate, consumerist mentality. Those fears and concerns are certainly central to THX 1138, so it seemed to be a natural choice as the first release for what we dreamed would be a revolutionary studio. <clears throat> um... Sorry, I'm trying to... Yeah, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to know what you thought of that. I mean, the thing that I was going to say was that 
you know, there was that interview between George Lucas and the other guy. Mm-hmm. Terminator guy. James Cameron. James Cameron. Right. Where they were talking about yes. how the yes. Rebel Alliance in Star Wars is both the Viet Cong and also the American revolutionaries. Right. Because, you know, you have the more primitive force fighting against the more technologically superior force. and Yeah. It's like, oh, hold on. There's some differences here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because it is George Lucas, his metaphors get mixed up because, like, is this communism or is this religion or is this, you know, the corporatization of art? Yeah. It's like, all these signals are kind of getting swirled into this pot. Yeah. And then he turns the the lens weird and it, it looks just, at the swirling colors. And, and just makes it about how, you know... The guy runs. <laughs> well, it also just makes it about, like, oh, man, I can't make the real movies in this, you know, corporate and studio system. I can't, like... The real art is like the independent. You and know. nobody fucking liked this movie. And no one fucking liked this movie because it sucks. I like it a lot more than you do, but you know, I think it's a weird sort of thing. It's like I occasionally like something that's weird and a little abstract. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's. Maybe that's my thing, is that because I like different weird and abstract stuff, like, Mm. this one just wasn't, like, cutting it for me. Another thing that kind of, like, takes takes me out of the experience sometimes is just, like, sometimes it's 1971 and George Lucas is, like, making a filmmaking choice that he thinks is natural. And I'm sitting here in 2021, 50 years after the movie came out, and thinking, oh, that's Star Wars. There's a random scene that is never explained of like a of like a guy on the left side of the stereo saying blah 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 and then like there there's, 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 there's a there's a lecture hall there is a university lecture hall sparsely but evenly populated by people by just guys, everybody in this movie is bald. Yeah. And they all turn to the right and hear a and then they all turn to the left and there's another and then they two go back and forth like six times and then it cuts away. And I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but it is the Palpatine scene from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I was gonna say turn it left, is, turn right. I was gonna say it's the Java Palace scene. Where it's just, and suddenly a jazz interlude of, of <laughs> space blah 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 <laughs> of just aliens going. <laughs> There's just sometimes a thing happens. <coughs> Things happen. They walk out into the street that is packed with millions of people rushing as close to each other as possible, like it's fucking Wally. Yeah, but they're on foot and not all fat. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like, what if a highway was guys walking really fast? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like way more than you think of if you think of like, oh, really busy New York City street. Like way more. Like three or four times because you can see that they're like copy pasting the crowd. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And it's like. 
so weird because all you know the city's underground. Uh-huh. So it's just this massive, like, subterranean cavern filled with people rushing all over the place. You know what I was just suddenly thinking about? Um, and I feel like we have more thoughts about this movie specifically that we should get to, but, um, like, I was just suddenly thinking about, like, how much science fiction changed because this movie um comes out three years after planet of the apes Hmm. and i can see this movie and planet of the apes existing in the same time and space you know not 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 like in fiction like in (laughs) yeah the actual this is the next planet over (laughs) (laughs) like like i can see how these movies both get made and then just a few years later like science fiction is like Star Wars Star comes Wars out, and, and like your your next two big sci-fi classics are Alien and Blade Runner, which I think are oh, two okay. movies. I thought I you were going to say Terminator. Oh yeah, Terminator. I mean Terminator even more so, but I think Alien Blade Runner are two movies that exist in the shadow of Lucas for sure. Mm-hmm. Like Blade Runner, a little more so THX. But, like... Is it Star Wars that people say is, like, the first blockbuster? Or is that Jurassic Park? What am I thinking? Well, or is so, it Terminator? What am I thinking of? Jaws. Jaws. Jaws is the one. That's the one. Because so many, so many movies before Jaws would come out and kind of tour the country a little bit, you know? Because um, it was just cheaper. You just... You didn't have to produce a film reel for every theater in the country. You could, like produce a, a smaller number of film reels and just like have movie theaters pass them around jaws was i believe and i could be wrong about this the first film that was released at every theater in the country at the same time or at least in every town you know like jaws was like a change in how films were distributed um and then Star Wars takes that and just mm-hmm. fucking runs with it. That was also like, because The Godfather comes out in seventy four, I want to say, and becomes the most profitable movie ever. The unseats Gone with the Wind, which had held the title for decades at that point. Um, I've seen that. I have not. Um, and then Jaws comes out like six months later and break the record and then star war and then godfather part two comes out and breaks the record and then star wars comes out and breaks the record and then something broke star wars record pretty quickly like like the record for terminator 2 way quicker than that terminator 2 was 1991 empire i mean probably (laughs) empire like like the the, what i'm saying is that the records for like the highest grossing film ever was getting broken all the time and sometimes it was by stuff you've heard of and sometimes it was just like, oh, weird. Close Encounters of the Third Kind at one point was the second highest grossing movie ever made. And who cares about Close Encounters of the Third Kind? I'll tell you who cares about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. George Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> E.T. is in the prequels. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to this movie specifically. Um, yeah, I just thought the first like 30 minutes were better than... I know I kind of expanded the scope, but I was also just thinking about the 
Like, everything before he goes to jail I thought was pretty compelling, and then it really lost the thread for me in a big way. I don't know. I felt like once it abandoned pretenses of a plot, mm -hmm. it got better. Um, not because of any deficiency of the actors. I think everyone is doing a absolute best with the lines and like the direction yeah. that they're given. And I think Duvall does a great I think Duvall has a really good performance. I think um the female lead, La uh I don't recognize that actress. I th I think she does a really good job. I think she's probably my favorite part of this film. Um Donald Pleasance does well. I didn't find his character that compelling, but I think he does well in the role. Um he's a little guy. He's a funny little guy. Yeah, and I just I didn't find that character compelling. I couldn't figure out what his motivation was. And I don't think he knows. I think that's kind of what his plot is. Right, but like Love. almost almost the way that he played him, it felt like he had some motivation and then kind of the reveal is that he doesn't have a motivation maybe. Uh I will say that Love is played by Maggie McComey. Who uh, says here on Wikipedia, I chose not to pursue a film career following THX 1138. Hmm. She does plays occasionally, but, you know, um, not interested in uh, pursuing film career after this movie. Yeah. Um, this is why you don't recognize her. I think she's really good in this movie. Yeah. I think, like, part of the reason the movie lost the thread was that, like, she just kind of, like... Other than one scene, like, just kind of disappears from the movie a little yeah. bit. She get, she gets disappeared. Yeah. Um, what else about this movie? I feel like I had one more point before I went into this, like, broader... Did you want to talk about how all of the entertainment yeah. is either black people dancing or watching people get beat by the cops? Also, according to Wikipedia, he's masturbating in that scene. No, he's masturbating in that scene. I didn't see it. I saw it. <laughs> I so this is where the fucking Wookiee chair comes from, folks. So, so yeah. <laughs> one scene early on that I thought was really good and that I felt like never really got expounded on. I thought that maybe this is like what the movie was going to kind of be about and it wasn't. Is that Robert Duvall is watching like TV, which is kind of like Star Wars holograms. Um, I'd be really curious if that's what that looked like in 1971. Yeah. I'd be really curious how much of that was 2004 and how much of that was the 70s. Um, he's watching TV and he's watching like a black woman like erotically dance and then he changes the channel and it's like cops beating people up and then he changes the channel and it's um, a, a black man dancing and then he changes the channel and it's, I think, two black men debating something. And then he changes the channel. And it's, like, two black men doing a comedy routine. And every channel on this, like, hologram TV is, like, black people performing for a presumably white audience. Because most of the other people, most of these sort of, like, working people that we see, mm -hmm. um, like La and, and THX and Sen... All of these are white people. And then the one black character that we meet is like, oh, I was a hologram, but I wanted to see the real world. Um, and so, like, there's an element to the film where black people's only role in this society is to entertain. 
And I, I think this is reflective of, like, things that are true in the real world. I, it, is, it is implied that the entertainment class and the working class are different classes yes. of people. And they live completely separately. And they are heavily racialized. Yes. And, and as far and like, there is no, like, you know, uh, expansion of that idea beyond black people and white people. Because this is George Lucas and it's the 70s and that's like... Yes. The, the, <laughs> the lens, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's like, there's also, we see other people, other white people who aren't laborers because we have the courtroom. Yeah. The like fucking COVID quarantine plexiglass walls everywhere courtroom, which is so weird because everybody's on the sedatives from the government mandated chill drugs that like, it almost feels like a stock market. Yeah, it really does. And because people are shouting at each other, and like, but they're shouting through headsets and earphones to yes. to like talk to each other through these different containments, and they're not like looking at each other. They're like playing it like they're on the phone. Yeah, it's like a super weird, like fast paced and like passionate, but not passionate, just like energetic, but not passionate, like dismissive mm-hmm. like rhetoric and it's weird because i as a person in 2021 understand that a lot of like popular culture in the u.s like begins in black communities and then gets co-opted and appropriated and, and stolen by white communities and mm-hmm. and i understand that I watched this movie and I thought for a second that George Lucas in 1971 understood that and was making a point about it. And then I thought that George Lucas understood that and wasn't making a point about it. And, and then I wasn't sure if George Lucas understood that. And it was, it's weird how the movie opens on like its strongest statement about this. And then doesn't doesn't follow up. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's hard to be engrossed in a movie when you feel like you're totally at war with like, what does this movie want me to be feeling right now? So also when they get in the cars, THX gets in a white car and SRT gets in a black car. And I thought this was nothing and you thought this was something. And I was like, no, 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 it's nothing. And as we're having this conversation, I think it is something, but I still don't know what it is. I'm not convinced that it's something. <laughs> Intentionally. I don't know. There is also the scene where he's like, oh, you know, robots, lasers, I guess a hologram's not meant to understand all this stuff. I'm, this is a totally different life. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's that about? Yeah. What's that about? Are you saying... Are you saying... That's my question. Are you speaking? <laughs> Are you making a point? Are you, like, doing a thing? Or do you not realize that you're doing a thing? Yeah, do you not realize that you have the black character just being like, well, maybe black people just aren't supposed to understand these things. Maybe the, the implication is that the black people have their own separate culture... Completely it's... different from the white people culture. And they are, like, separated by 
presumably borders or like the state and like the implications of that are numerous i would say it really cannot be understated how most of this movie is so profoundly white and then literally as as if by magic a black guy walks into the frame and waves at them like Hey, how you doing? And he, he like walks in and basically and like, THX and Sen are both like uncomfortable when he yeah. walks up because they've never seen a black person before, not in person. And he yeah. just like immediately not only approaches them but enters their personal space. Uh-huh. He starts eating their food. It's really good. <laughs> it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, and then he just like, oh, let's go over there. And then they just follow him and they get out. It's like. So, also, the reveal that he is black relies on the camera being out of focus as he's approaching <laughs> and then gradually coming into focus as he's getting closer so that and you can see that he's black. It, it's out of focus and you're like, oh, it's out of focus. That's a person. And it gets closer and he gets a little more in focus. You're like, is he black? And it cuts back to Robert Duvall. Like, it's like, and, you're and, really out of focus. Hold on. <laughs> it cuts back to Robert Duvall and, and Donald Pleasance looking at each other like, is he black? <laughs> so, it's unclear how much of this stuff George was thinking about. Considering how, like, really racist Star Wars is. Yes. And, like, I think he just... I hesitate to say he just doesn't know because that's not... That's probably not true. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy. He's, like, a... He's an adult. He's just very hard to parse for a person who seems to put so much in, of himself into his movies. Yes. It's just really hard to to know what he's thinking sometimes when you're watching his movies. So, yeah. What is he thinking when... <laughs> Take out the first word of your question, I would say. <laughs> is he thinking? <laughs> it's hard to tell where, like... Intent begins because he's he is like so often just like drawing very vague shapes and like and sometimes those vague shapes are what if these aliens talked like this <laughs> and sometimes vague shapes are like we're not gonna see six of the ten characters in this scene, but they're mm-hmm. all gonna talk, yeah, well, and like. One of the things that um, that is a recurring motif in this movie is the cops saying, are you now or have you ever been? And and I, I think I touched on this earlier. Like, the, the line, you know, is from the McCarthy area, McCarthy era, and are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? But they don't finish that question. They leave it at... Have you ever been? And so he is clearly, clearly <laughs> evoking that. But to what end? Because the movie is not about communism. The movie is not about membership in the Communist Party. Is it like, are the cops asking, do you exist or have you ever existed? Like, so here is the question being asked. Here's a here's something that Google has given me. Number one, I googled, "Are you now or have you ever been?" And the first result, and multiple results, is Angel season two, episode two. Are you now or have you ever been? Yeah. Uh, it also seems to be a book. Mm-hmm. 
it, it sounds if you divorce it of context, it sounds like a, a sort of a twist on "I think, therefore I am." You know, like as, asking you, "Do you exist, or have you ever existed?" But but I I, I don't I don't know I don't know what this. It also uh, brought up McCarthyism on Wikipedia when I searched the phrase into Wikipedia. Well, and and if this is a movie that is concerned with, in some ways, the changing filmmaking landscape, like, it can't be understated how big McCarthyism was on cinema, mm. but... Literally, but I, the, the flyer on the Wikipedia page is talking about patroning, patronizing films. Yeah. And like, yeah. But, but yeah, like, it doesn't, it still doesn't mean anything. I've just now connected these two symbols, but I haven't gotten any meaning from these two symbols in my head. I'm just like, oh, here's two things. Yeah, I feel like, uh, <sighs> yeah. They were animals. And he slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> what just is... the men, though, right? <laughs> no, not just the men, but the women and the children, too. What is George thinking when he decides that Anakin should tell Padme that? It's the... What is George thinking when he has the only actual declaration of political ideology be Anakin claiming to be a fascist as a bit... To flirt with a senator who's a liberal. <laughs> I. He's also, it's true, but he's also saying it as a joke to flirt with her. I love Attack of the Clones. I do too. It's a great movie. Every time I think about the fact that he tells Padme, I lose my mind a little bit. Because the you could fix the entire prequel trilogy if he just lies to her. He just lies to her right in and right there. But no, he tells her the truth and she's like, well, honey, we can get over you doing a genocide. No, we cannot. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I, I love Attack of the Clones so much. Where does, where is the line between genocide and mass murder? Because he didn't go to other villages. Okay, I guess, I guess what he... He does genocide later. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he just burned down a town. Yes, he just burned down a town. Except for one guy. There was one survivor. Who would go on to be known as Darth Crate. He would become the emperor of the uh, the new Sith Empire after... Um, I think that's post-Yuzen Vong. If I wanted to learn more about this, are there any sort of podcasts? Absolutely like not. <laughs> <laughs> A more civilized age records tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know about the recording schedule? No. You said a more civilized age. Not our Star Wars podcast. Oh. <laughs> that we were Whatever. <laughs> I was listening to a more civilized age today. That's why I was thinking about that. The War in Our Stars records tomorrow. Which means I still have an hour of Air of the Empire to reread before. Oh, no. I know. You're never going to make it. Yeah. Um, Early Empire is dumb. Yeah, but it's way fucking better than X-Wing. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's so much better. I absolutely was just not ready to go back to war. Well, we didn't. Yeah. 
kind of a short podcast today, but I I didn't. You re- have a hard out in twenty minutes, so it's fine. I have a hard out, and there's there's wife update stuff, but I don't I don't know. You have any wife news? You want to just give the general audience? I I kind of really only wanted to talk about this movie, and then no work sucks. I'm trying to fix it, but you know, it's slow going. I, I I talked last time about my promotion, and then they they spent two weeks like. Being really confusing and giving me a lot of mixed messages, but I have the promotion now, and I will not be moving to a different store, and I'll be working at the store that we I We keep losing cashiers, and they're trying to replace them, and allegedly, once they get these next two or three people trained, then I can step away from cashier and be um, primarily scan and stalker instead, mm-hmm. which will be better for me. But yeah, there's no, there's no wife update stuff. No. Did we, we never talked. We're fucking sad. We never. Yeah, we're fucking sad. I, 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 you know what? Actually, I feel really good today. Like I feel, I felt really bad yesterday about promotion stuff. Mm-hmm. Even as like everything got finalized yesterday, and I felt terrible. And then today, I had a conversation with my boss where I feel good, and now I get the next two days off to just like, you know, they're really jerking me around on my schedule this week. Yeah. Two five and a half hour shifts after I told them not to give me those anymore. I told you they're switching me to the night shift, so mm. we'll have to figure out how to record podcasts. But we'll do it not at night. Yeah. It sounds like... I think the big thing about me being on night shifts now is I'm going to try really hard to actually change my sleep schedule. Because last time I just kept trying to be a morning person despite the fact that I would um, be working nights. And I think this time I'm just going to try to actually force myself to be a night person mm-hmm. and go you're gonna to get the armor you're gonna get a squire you're and gonna like, ride a horse you're gonna be a night person <laughs> get a fucking sleep mask so that i can sleep past when the sun comes up and go to bed at two or three every night like just actually live that life instead because i think the you problem is to go to bed at three you could go to bed at like 11 or 12 but if i get off work at 10, 10.30-ish. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to bed at 12. Especially because I'll wake up... If I go to bed at 12... you wake at, up at 8. And wake up at 8. I'll only have, like, 5 hours before work. And then, like, an hour and a half after work to yeah, do... Yeah, work sucks. <laughs> but if I stay up later, that's more mm-hmm. time in my days. It just really just moves it around to after your work instead of... Yes, this is what I'm saying. Is wake up later, go to bed later. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's the same amount of time. You're just moving it to after your shift instead of before it. Yes, because I would like more of it to be... the When I have a shift coming up, I keep thinking to myself, I can't do laundry, I have to work in four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Even if that's not true, even if four and a half hours is plenty of time to do laundry, I think in my head, I can't do that because I have to do work. You can always fudge when you go to bed. You can't fudge when you go to work. Right. That's what I'm saying. You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You know where I'm at. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. Um, I gotta talk to Em about it, but we're gonna record the last episode of Airplane soon. Uh, also, we had a podcast idea, and then we're like, I don't know, maybe, but probably not for a few months, even if we did do it. 
So don't get your hopes up. Never do Ex- that. Expect nothing. And if there's We don't something... even have internet now, so I don't even know when this episode's going to go out. Yeah, shit. I'm not uploading this on mobile data. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay, we're going to go fuck. See you later, folks. It's illegal. I have a date. Ha 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 